Thank you for checking out the Warehouse Church Podcast. We would love to connect with you. Take a moment and visit us at warehousechurch.com. Wherever you are, we hope this message encourages you today. Now, here's Pastor Ed. Good morning and welcome to Warehouse Church. We are so glad that you're with us today. Uh, I want to introduce what we're doing today, but I wanted to let you know that Kim and I are in uh, Orlando, Florida today at Hope Church. Our church has uh, invested into a church plant uh, just outside the city of Orlando with Pastor Wesley Beecham, who spoke for us last year, and his sweet wife, Diana. And uh, we'll put a link uh, up of their church <clears throat> so you can go back and, and, and maybe if you want to listen to the message that I spoke for them this week about going all in for God. But today we have a neat opportunity. We're in a series uh, called We Don't Care. And you understand it's not that we don't care about you, but we don't care about some of the things that hold us back from serving God. We don't care about our past. We don't care about what your baggage is. We just know that God loves you just the way that you are. He wants to do something special in your life. So today we want to talk about we don't care about our self-perceived limitations. Because, you know, all of us see ourselves in the mirror better than anybody else does. And we see the things that we feel that we're limited by. But here's the, the key principle for the whole message is, with, with God, all things are possible. So we have some five or six people that are going to explain some limitations that they've experienced and about some big steps of faith they're going to, uh, they're going to take for God. And then Pastor Gary is going to finish up the message this morning. So this is going to be a five-point sermon with five people sharing with you today with this prevailing thought that with God all things are possible. I cannot wait to see you next Sunday, church. Got some really neat things to talk to you about, about our future. Please keep in mind our big Thanksgiving, Texas-sized Thanksgiving supper uh, later this month, uh, where we're going to share with you some, some things about our first quarter for the church and then, and then some future plans that the, the Lord's really uh, opening up some crazy doors for us. So I love you. I'll miss you. Uh, can't wait to hear a great report of what happened in the service today. And remember, with God, all things are possible. God bless. I'll just give uh, Pastor Ed a hand. You know, everything he does, we should appreciate everything he does for this church. Um, he, if you guys don't know me, I, my name's Nick Stewart. Uh, Ed asked me to speak on behalf of me and my wife, uh, just kind of about what God is doing in our life and the ministry we're about to pursue. And a uh, couple, I'd say, I'm going to go back about five years ago, I went on my first miss, mission trip to Guatemala. And this was kind of, it was kind of a spur of the moment, went like, uh, I think it was a day before I got back from doing hockey, doing my own thing, and I just, I went the next day, packed up and just went to Guatemala. And I didn't know what God was going to do there when I, when I got there. And it was the coolest thing, because God gave me such a clear vision that, you know, what me and my wife were going to do. At the time, we were just, you know, we just started, I think that's when we fell in love or whatever happened. I did, but, you know, but, uh, <laughs> brownie points, I don't know. But, yeah, so God just worked in my life so hard there that, you know, we knew God God's will for our life at that moment. You know, we, we knew we were going to be missionaries. And it was the coolest thing just to have, you know, that vision that, you know, you're in the will of God and, you know, we're taking steps from that point to now. You know, we're doing school and we're doing all these things. And uh, a couple months ago, or about a month ago, Pastor Ed came up to me and he said, hey, we have an opportunity for you. We, you can work with MANA going to Guatemala for about a month or five weeks. 
So me and my wife were praying about it, and we're like, this is exactly what we were praying for. We're praying for an opportunity, just like a, just for God, just to give us a chance in ministry, just to give us, open our eyes to see if this is what we're going to be doing. And so that, that calling is coming to our, like, coming to fruition. We're going to Guatemala in a couple months, two months, we're going to be doing that. We're going to kind of work with man and work with the missionaries that we built relationships with, with Brandon and MJ, and I know a lot of you guys know Andrew even. Uh, he came here a couple times, and we just look up to them and their mentors in our life. But, you know, he, we're going to get to work right next to them, kind of see what they do and everything, every aspect with the feeding center, with the orphanages, with the church ministry, with everything they do, we kind of get to be hand in hand with. And it's such a cool opportunity, and I can just want to ask you guys just to be praying for us as we do this, take this next step in our life. And, uh, you know, it's nerve-wracking. It's you know, it's scary. There's a language barrier, a culture barrier. There's just so many things that, you know, we're worried about. And that's kind of what Ed is talking about here. You know, he talks about self-perceived limitations. And for me personally, my self-perceived limitation for a while was my age. You know, a lot of people saw me, you know, I'm young, you know, you can't, so many people came up to me and just said, you know, you can't have this vision. You can't be a missionary at 24 years old or at the time I was even younger when I had this vision. And you, you can't do that. You can't go learn a different language. You can't take your family over there. How are you going to have kids? What are you going to do with all this other certain things? And they just kept saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. But you know what? When God gives you that vision, you can't fight against God and go with, you know, your friends and, like, whoever is influencing you. you got to be influenced by God at that moment. And it, it's so cool because, you know, I, when I realized that, you know, after so many times people tell you, you can't do this, you can't do this, there's only so many times you can kind of push that aside. And I'm very thankful for my dad. You know, he's, I don't think he realizes he does this, but, you know, every time I'm kind of in that moment where I'm like, oh, maybe these people are right. Maybe I am too young for this. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe I can't learn this new language. Maybe I can't, you know, go start a church plant. Maybe I can't do any, like, work in orphanages with kids or something like that. But, you know, he always seems to send me, like, a verse or a, a passage to read. And it, it even happened a couple weeks ago. And we were reading, going through a Bible plan through Timothy, and he said, hey, when you read Timothy, act like Paul is writing this letter to you. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. So I did it. And it was, it was so interesting because Paul is, you know, trying to give Timothy encouragement and saying, you know, be strong in your faith. Be courageous. Do not let, you know, be, don't be persuaded by people that are just sitting that just want to be recognized by, you know, the, the members and everything like that. Don't be influenced by them. Be influenced by the Holy Spirit. And it's so cool to, you know, know that that's happening in our lives. And, you know, when he does that to me, I know it's just kind of boosts me up and gives me that, that power just to be like, all right, this is what we're going to be doing. You know, we can't fight that will of God. You know, we can keep saying we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it, but God keeps bringing us right back to this. And we know this is God's will for our life, and it's just, it's interesting. And one of the verses I came across was in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 11 through 12, and it says, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And, you know, when you read that, it's, I feel like that's just, like, right at me. Because I know I'm young, and I know I have, I have other doubts rather than just my young age and people looking at me like, oh, you're too immature, you can't do this, you're, why am I going to listen to you? You know, I'm, I'm 40, I'm 50, I have more uh, life experience than you, I know more, I have more wisdom. And that's all true. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a smart guy, I kind of just go with, you know, I kind of got street smarts, maybe, if that, I don't even know. My wife says I, do, I don't, which, so I probably don't. But I know the, the whole main, the main point, you know, Pastor Ed's trying to get across is that, you know, with God, all things are possible. 
And it's so cool because that's true. You know, we can fight this and we can say we're too young, we can't do this, we can't learn this language barrier, we can't do all these things. But, you know, if this is God's will for our life, we can't fight that. He's going to push us there and, you know, we're going to be all in when this happens. And we're extremely excited. So if you guys can just be praying for us with this opportunity, uh, you know, we're going in uh, January to February. And I want to encourage you guys, too, if you haven't been on a mission trip yet, uh, how, how many of you actually been on a mission trip so far with our church? That's pretty cool. And I, can, I think I could speak for most of them that have raised their hands that, you know, it's an extremely humbling opportunity. When you come back and you feel like you're struggling with your job, with your family, with money, with any certain problem, you know, you, when you come back here, it's God just puts in perspective how much you actually have and how much he's blessed you and how much he expects for you to give in return. And so I just want to encourage you guys, if you guys haven't signed up for the trip or you want to, please do it. It's, I know it changed my life in a certain way. I know it will change your life in a certain way, too. So if you guys can just be praying for us in this opportunity, we really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to pass it on to Brother Frank now. Brother Frank. Good morning. <laughs> it's a joy to be here this morning. Most of you know me. My name is Frank Missionary, Frank Gillespie. I was, I gave my heart to the Lord some 57 years ago, and uh, that was the greatest thing that I've uh, done uh, when I yielded to God and asked him to forgive me my sins, and he came in my heart. And then the second thing is when he spoke to my heart about missions, uh, the need for people that were in other countries. And I had heard some missionaries sharing their burden with uh, with our church, and I, Shirley and I, my wife, she's in heaven now, uh, God spoke to our hearts, we surrendered to go to Peru, South America, and uh, we had two little children, Patricia, my daughter, and then Ronnie, our boy, he's gone to heaven also, and so we surrendered to go, and uh, we was... Uh, like Nick said, all things are possible with God. And we just trusted God to take care of us and help us. So we took off to Peru, and, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have a university uh, title, but I do have a, a title, and it's a B.A. degree. I have a good degree, a B.A. degree, and I hope it's, that's all right with you. That's born again. I was, born, I was born again, and God lived in me, and I knew that with him I can do it, whatever he wants me to do. So we took off and went way up in the, the mountains of Peru and, and worked there about 12 years and a great time, and I'm going back to Peru. I'm always going back to somewhere now. I just got back from uh, uh, Mexico, and I'm going to Chile in about three weeks. And uh, we worked there seven years, and it's been 34 years since we uh, have been there to see the people. We're going back, having a great reunion. But I'm glad that God can help us, and, and even, uh, even though we have limitations, we might not be able to uh, uh, maybe do some things, but we can witness and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ and encourage them to give their hearts to Christ and know him. And so I thank God for the time that he came into my heart and the time that he called my wife and I, Shirley, uh, to be missionaries. It's been one of the greatest experiences that I ever have, that I ever uh, have had. 
And uh, I thank God for taking me and Shirley one, one night there in our home and spoke to our hearts about missions, and we surrendered and uh, went to Peru with about uh, maybe $150. Uh, but we knew that God wanted us to go. We went down and got on a, uh, our pastor took Shirley and I and the kids down to the Trailway bus station in Dallas, Texas. We got on a bus and went all the way down to uh, Miami and got on a plane, a prop plane, and flew over to Peru, South America, and started working there up in the Andes uh, Mountain. Didn't know any Spanish, but I did know two words, see and know. But I knew I had to start learning Spanish. And so God has helped me. Uh, I do the, try to do the best I can in Spanish and share the gospel with them and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I want to finish with is just let God speak to your heart. Sometimes, like Nick said, we think we can't do it, but God can do it because he lives within us, and God can help us and guide us and direct us. And I wouldn't take nothing for my experiences in the beginning and and up until this day I'm 83 years old and I still uh, have that burning in my heart to go and tell them about Jesus and I want to do that we can do it I do it here and I want to do it on the foreign field and so I'll go as long as God wants me to and do what he wants me to do Thank you very much. Well, my story is a little bit different. You know, these guys, one is young, one is older. Um, mine started about 10 years ago. I had worked for church, um, but I was just on staff. I did the children's, I did the women's, I did a lot of things in church. Um, but about 10 years ago, Pastor had asked me to come on staff, on the pastoral staff little bit different. He wanted me to run um, our groups, um, which are the groups you see now, you know, if you're connected with a group. So it was to run those, which usually aren't run by women. Um, the assimilation part is kind of like when new people come to church, connecting them. And I love connecting people. So that was easy for me because that was a role a, women a woman could do. And it was to lead our missions trips. And that alone scared the crap out of me. So that was terrible. Um, so he asked me to do this, and I came to the, you know, I was confronted with a yes or a no. And I had all along said yes to God a lot. I learned a long time ago, um, when you say no, you really regret it. But when you say yes, you, you just never regret a yes. Sometimes it's not easy, but you never, ever regret a yes. So the yeses were easy. I had already been doing a lot in church. I already committed to coming to church and to giving and to leading groups and leading the kids and leading women. So the yeses were kind of easy. Plus, I, you know, Pastor Ed told me this, we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference in the churches in this country, and we're going to make a difference around the world. And that really spoke to me. But the no's were just a little bit louder because it was third world country. And that I just never was in a third world country before. We saw pictures of it. That was terrifying to me. And I just didn't want to leave my family. I had four little kids, and it was, just, it was just terrifying. But the biggest no that I really had was 
as you can see, I'm in a boys' club. You know, I was sitting up here with four other guys. It's the way it always is. Every time I go to a conference, it's always men. And it was a boys' club, and I grew up knowing that. I knew that this was gonna, I was going to have to break into a boys' club, and it's hard. So that was my limitation, and my insecurities, I think, more than a limitation. I mean, I know that the limitation is I'm a woman, but, boy, there was a lot of insecurities I had to work through. And just with that, you know, I just want to encourage you guys. You know, I said yes. It took me three months. I really had to think about it, but I knew I was called to ministry, and women can be called into ministry. And I knew, without a shadow of a doubt, God was calling me into ministry. I just knew it. I had the encouragement of my husband, and I just knew that this is where God wanted me to be. So I said yes. I jumped out, leap of faith, jumped out. I'm always a jumper anyway. And just, I just said yes, and I never regretted it. It's been hard sometimes, but I have never regretted it. And I just want to encourage you guys, wherever you are, just keep saying yes to God, because really with God, all things are possible. And I can say I thank God for Mary Ann because she's called to what she does. And God doesn't care if you're a man or a woman or how old you are. He cares whether or not you're called. And if you're called, God can equip you for whatever it is you need to do. I'm going to tell you about something that me and Billy have been praying about and that God has been stirring my heart about. Uh, and that is that we are praying about starting a brand new work. Uh, me and Billy are, are thinking about starting a brand new church. We'll probably be around here somewhere, close but not too close, in the Plano area. But we're believing God, that, 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 and I believe that God is calling us to start a brand new work. And the, the weird thing is, is I, I just turned 50. Most guys at 50 are looking at, okay, did I do enough for retirement? I'm working toward the end here, you know, I'm not going to quit my job, I'm going to stay in the same place, you know, everybody's trying to, to stabilize everything. But at 50 years old, I feel like God's calling me to just let go of all of that and, and go to what he's called us to so that we can do something more for him. And, and it seems crazy, right? We're in a great church. God's doing a great work here at our church, at the Warehouse Church, amen? God's beginning to do great things here. The church is growing. It doesn't seem like a wise thing to move. But, but, but we have to do what, what God wants us to do. And you know something we're talking about? We don't care. God doesn't care about our situation. He doesn't care about our situation. What he cares about is what you're going to do with the situation you're in. If you're called by God, what are you going to do with what's ever around you, whatever obstacle you have in your life? Are you going to look at that as an obstacle or are you going to look at that as a barricade? Is it going to stop me, or do I just have to figure out a way to get around it? Or is God just going to help me to plunge through it? And so, so God wants us to find our way through the situation. You see, there's always reasons why we can't do things. We can always find reasons. How many of you know you can find reasons why you can't? I could say all of the reasons in the world why I can't do this. I'm 50. I shouldn't do it right now. I'm in a good, growing church. Why would I leave that? i got a great job. You know, I... I I've got, I think Nick said, he's not that smart. I'm not that smart. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But you know what? God doesn't care about my situation. He cares about whether or not I'm willing. And I can't ask the question, should I do it? Or I can't ask the question why I shouldn't do it. I have to ask the question, should I do it? The question is, does God want me to do it? Is this something God wants in my life? 
And if the answer to that question is yes, everything else is just an obstacle that God is going to teach you to get around. Whatever, whatever challenge God puts in your life, whatever that obstacle is you see in front of you that you think is unstoppable, you think that object will stop you, you think that object is, is unsurmountable, and you say, God, that object's there, but I know you. I know that you've called me. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. God doesn't care about our situation. So as we, as we prepare as a church, as Nick and Katie are going out, we've got to get behind Nick and Katie. We've got to get behind them physically. We've got to get behind them financially. We've got to help them spiritually in prayer, praying that God will strengthen them, give them wisdom, praying that God will, will guide them. And, and when obstacles come their way or when they feel discouraged, we need to be there praying, filling in that gap, saying, God, give them strength. Make them what you need them to be. We've got to be behind Brother Frank as he's, as he's going out and, and pray for protection over him. I can't even imagine. I thank God for Brother Frank because I've always said I'll never retire, and then I watch him and I go, okay, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I'll never, I'm never retiring. It's too fun to do what he's doing. I'm just going to do that. But we have to be behind Brother Frank as he goes on these trips. We need to fund these trips for him because he's doing a work for God, and he's not allowing the obstacles to get in his way. I pray you guys will get behind me and Billy as we move forward with our new work. We're going to need families. We're going to need finances. We're going to need people to help us start this, this new work. We're going to need us, between us and God, our willingness and God's call. We can do all things. Amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Second Timothy says this. Verse 1, Paul's talking to Timothy and he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame. We, we do a lot of camping. Well, we do some camping. We wish we did more camping. And sometimes you wake up in the morning, there's been a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind, right? The fire, campfire has gone down. And, you know, because we're real campers, we don't want to get out another pack of matches, right? So we go to the flame. We go to that, and there's, if you dig away, dig away some of that debris, you'll see a little ember, and sometimes that's what we are. Rain has come down. Wind has blown out the flame. And that little amber's there, that little ember, and it's just, it's just a little red, you take a piece of paper and you put it on that ember and you blow on it and you're fanning into flame. And eventually you get that flame going, right? And you start putting wood on that fire. And before you know it, man, you're cooking biscuits and gravy and eggs on that fire because you fanned into flame. He tells, he tells Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God. He goes on to say that God didn't give us the gift for us to be timid, but he gave us the gift so that we could fulfill the call of God so that people would know the name of Christ who don't know it today. We need to fan in the flame, church, and be behind what God's doing. And, and we can look at this and we could say, well, this is impossible. But we know that with all things, with God's help, all things are possible. Amen, church? Church, you know what God is doing in all these people's lives that shared? What God is doing in their lives is more than they could do on their own. What God is doing is beyond human ability. And the examples that have been shared this morning are, are similar to the examples that we read about in the Bible where we see that nothing is too hard for God. There's this phrase that we've been using, all things are possible. 
And it comes from Matthew 19, 26, and it's a conversation with Jesus and his disciples. And they're talking about a man, a rich man, what would it be like? How would he be able to enter heaven? And Jesus said that it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples' response, they're astonished. And they say, well, then who in the world can be saved? And Jesus' response is, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so this morning, nothing is too impossible. Nothing is too hard for God. We've been training the students on how to share the gospel. And uh, there's an acronym you can use that spells out gospel. G is God created us to be with him. Students, help me out here real loud and proud. What's O? That's a problem. That's a big limitation in our lives. Who can be saved? The answer to that is no one on our own power. And so this limitation of sin, it's impossible to be with God because of this barrier. But with God, all things are possible. And as the acronym goes on, sin can't be paid for by good deeds. You can't do enough good. You can't reach up to God. But paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in him alone will have eternal life, and life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. So when we trust in Jesus, this whole process, the gospel, the transformation in our lives, when we trust in Jesus, things just don't get easy. You heard this morning, we all have limitations. It'd be great if, if there was like that easy button, that was easy, in our, in our faith life, and that things just got easy, but they don't. And so there's a little bit of, there's like a buzz right now at Warehouse Church about um, limitations, the members, you know, our limitations and our pasts and our struggles. It starts with we and ends with care. Would you guys say it with me? Yeah, we don't care if you have limitations because nothing's too hard for God. And so maybe for you it's physical. I had a I used to teach art in Illinois. This was at a public school, and I had a student, a little girl, who uh, was born with half an arm. Uh, her arm ended right here, and we were doing pinch pots, so you have to use both hands. And every kid in the classroom says, oh, Michaela can't do it. And I said, stop. And I went over to the girl and sh just showed her how, and I said, here, just do it like this. And that kid made the best pottery of anybody in the classroom, even though at the beginning, she her posture, she was just down and discouraged. And at the end, everyone's like, oh, she can do it. So there, we have physical limitations. There may be social limitations. I was talking with a student two weeks ago at youth group. Before it started, I was talking to him about, this is how you make people feel welcome, like they belong. And I was encouraging them to start conversation with, with students that came in with visitors. And they said, well, what if they just answer with like a one-word answer? Or what if they just say, you know, what do you like? And the kid says, I don't know. And I said, welcome to my world. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Like, how was your day at school? Good. What would you do? Red. You know, they don't, they don't want to talk. And this student, it was a social limitation. What if this kid doesn't want to talk to me? What if this kid rejects me? What if this person doesn't like me and doesn't like the way that I'm talking to them? It doesn't matter. What do I do? I, the, the kid said, what do I do? And I said, don't give up. I said, what do I do in your life when that happens? Uh, you keep pestering us until we answer your questions. Yeah, you just keep asking. And so maybe it's that light bulb. I saw the light bulb go off in that student's eyes. It's like they stepped in my size 12, 
and then saw, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter if they accept me or not because that's not God's call for me. God's call for my life is to show love not only to my enemies but to show love to my neighbor. And so this reckless abandon of comfort, this, this relentless pursuit of the lost, it wasn't my example that I gave to him. It was Jesus' idea, and I just shared it with him. And so maybe, maybe this morning for you it's a spiritual limitation. When I, was, when I was preparing for this, I thought, what spiritual limitations do we have in our lives? And because I work with students so much, I, I was just over and over thinking about limitations that students have. They're pretty fresh on their spiritual journey. And they're, they're early on the path. And so you could say, well, maybe students can't lead people to Christ. We had a student lead someone to Christ three weeks ago from our ministry. Amen? We had a student that shared the transformation in their life from camp, and the very next day, their friend went to church and talked to a pastor and asked Jesus to be their Savior on that day. We had three days ago, a student texted me and said, hey, there's a foreign exchange student in my school, and I've been sharing Jesus with them, and they have been telling me that they believe in science, but they're open to hearing about Jesus, and they're talking with me. And so, you know, you could say a limitation. This, this student doesn't know all of the answers. They don't know all the answers. I don't know all the answers. But they're being faithful with what God's called them to do because God, that nothing's too hard for God. And so we all have these limitations. I was thinking about the frontal lobe in your brain. It's like the control panel in simple terms. The frontal lobe helps us to make emotional um, processing, to process emotions, and it helps us to make decisions. It's our decision-making center. I think I read that um, scientifically it doesn't mature in a man until you're 24 years old, and I think I'm still waiting for mine to get there and catch up so I can process things properly. But these students, they don't, they don't have all of, the, all of the tools and all of the things that they need. But what they do have is Jesus. Two, two, uh, or a month ago, a couple months ago in September, we went door to door. And there were sixth grade girls from our church sharing the full gospel, sharing the story of God's creation all the way to Jesus' sacrifice with, with perfect strangers. And they're in sixth grade. They're not even taking algebra yet. And yet God can use them because they're not being held back by their limitations. All of these limitations, physical, social, spiritual, they're areas where God's strength can be shown in our weakness. So I want to read Romans 8.28. It says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say all things are good. It doesn't say all the things that happen to us are good. I imagine a dodgeball game, okay? You got the one kid left standing. Raise your hand if you can picture that in your mind right now, the one kid left standing. It's like vividly I can see specific people from school that I went to school with. The one kid left standing, and maybe on the other team are the best arms in the whole school. You got the quarterback, the pitcher, you got the uh, shot put thrower. You got the captain of the row team. You got Billy Beefcake, you know, bench 400 pounds. No one says, no one who's the one kid on the own side says, mm, this is a blessing for all those kids pelting them with the ball. That is not their posture. No one's standing there like, hit me. Their posture is like this. It doesn't say everything is good, but what it does say is that things work together for good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. 
We can't buy into the lie as Christians that it's always sunny. We can't believe that the bad days are gone when we accept Jesus. We can't think, we have this perception as humans. We think, okay, I'm over here, I'm the underdog, but you know what? These are all the captains of their team. They're the winners. God wants to use the winners. We think that sometimes. Oh, you know what? Someone's better at this. God wants to use the winners, the popular, the rich, the successful people. You know, all the people that God used in Scripture had weaknesses. They had so many weaknesses. If you read a list, I got a list here of people in Scripture that God used. Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha was worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples, they fell asleep while they were praying. And Paul, a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before he became one. You know what God did in these people's lives? He showed up strong in their weakness. And God's people, there's, there's two things in this verse. There's two qualifiers for how God is going to use his spirit in our weaknesses. It says, first, for those who love God, and the second, for those that are called according to his person, to his purpose. We see the result right after that when it says, everything seems to work. Everything has a spiritual tendency to do good in their life, a tendency to do spiritual good in their life. So I had a, I had a weakness last summer. I had a limitation. I tore my ACL when I was at camp in Wales. And I wish I could say I tore it for a glorious reason, but I really did tear it playing the incredible sport of dodgeball against 12-year-olds. It would be great if, like, the U.S. men's open team was there scouting me, but they weren't. And so I, I really had a limitation, and the good that God used out of that limitation was that instead of running around and pelting tons of kids all week long with dodgeballs and them saying, I'm blessed by me pelting them with dodgeballs, instead I was able to slow down, and every person, every moment of camp, I got to stand next to somebody and talk to them and have a conversation. And I can promise you at camp, I don't know if anybody can have more energy or just wants to do more things than I do at camp, but God, God did something that really stretched my faith, and, and I was struggling. You know, it's like, man, I can't even hardly walk across the stage back and forth because it, my knee's like on a roller skate. And instead, God said, you know what? I can use this for my good. And so there's a picture here we got of a kid that I was, there was, this was during a foam party, and I got to lead this kid to Christ because he was just sitting alone on the grassy field on the side of the field. And at the same time, Tara who probably would have been in the foam pit, like making sure I didn't fall down, got to lead this girl to Christ because God worked it together for his good. And so what is a blessing about our limitations? It's the perfect place for God to show up and show his power. Nothing's too hard for God. The point isn't that bad things yield good. The point is that all things work together for good of those who love the Lord. And so if you're, if you're in Warehouse Church today, we don't care if you have limitations, because we know God. And he's not limited by us. We don't own a building. That's a limitation. 
But can God move in that situation? Absolutely. He wants us to rely on his strength. And in our weakness, he's going to show up in big ways. If you're a student and you can't go to Guatemala, or maybe you're a church member and you can't go to Guatemala, you know, if you're in a public school, God has you on a government-funded nine-month mission trip where you can just be missional where you're at. If you're in a workplace, you can go every day and live missionally. Private schools are just the same way. There's just as lost. There's just as many kids wondering if there's any hope in this world. And so your mission field is wherever your feet are. God wants, to, God wants you to live your mission in the mundane. And these people that shared on the stage earlier, when some of them move to do what God's called them to do, there's going to be gaps to fill. There's going to be places in Warehouse Church that need people to serve. And if you're a part of a local church, there's always a place for you to serve. There's always a place for you to ask God, where would you use me here? Regardless of my limitations, God, where would you use me?